Welcome to Adulting 101 with your host, Melissa White. As adults, we struggle with savings, investments, networking, parenting, personal branding, and the list goes on. Join Melissa as she seeks the answers to your adulting questions. Hey everybody, today on the podcast I have with me Danielle Tate. She is the founder of the Interview JM. Um, Danielle and I go way back uh, from high school days and um, I thought to bring her on to the podcast just to share you know, her experience with being an entrepreneur because I know a lot of you wanting to want to get into entrepreneurship want to start your own business but you have no idea where to start so just to shed some light on the whole process um any advice that she has for you guys i have daniel here with me hey daniel hi how's it going it's going great and thanks for having me on the podcast and congrats this is such uh, a very topical um, issue in terms of all the stuff that adults wish we knew. <laughs> yes. So I know it will do well. Congrats. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you for taking the time out to join me. So let's just jump right into it. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started with the interview, JM. Well, um, I mean, my background has nothing to do with the business in terms of um, what I studied and um, prior work experience, but it's, it all came as a result of some of the experiences that I've had in my life and just identifying a problem that I thought needed fixing. Um, so, you know, growing up, my parents, they were always asking me to help somebody, you know, find a job by scoring maybe at the Gleena or online um, fixing up the resumes, you know, reformatting it, etc., to give them a better chance at, at landing a job. And so very early on, I was exposed to that. And I, I remember being frustrated because I used to ask persons sometimes, okay, so what kind of job are you looking for? And they're like, boy, anything. <laughs> like, it can't just be anything. Right, right. <laughs> you know, what are you good at? <laughs> so, you know, from, from those days, um, going forward, I did volunteer with the um, Mountain View Police Youth Club a little bit, um, and I realized one of the challenges there as well, um, you know, they had a lot of individuals who wanted or needed jobs. And so I started to try and leverage my network to get some of them placed and was successful in that, but I realized very quickly that, um, you know, recruiting and, and, and matching people with jobs is a lot more than just you know, what somebody is qualified to do based on a resume. Mm -hmm. um, and so I realized that, you know, small businesses especially had a hard time, you know, finding people, keeping people. And so I started to delve into researching that a bit more. And after a few years of iteration, <laughs> um, we now have the interview jam, essentially. But aside from that, though, I mean, my background in terms of studies is international relations, um, a mix of business and politics. So I've always been interested in business in some way. Mm -hmm. um, I've always done some type of freelance on the side hustling type of thing, whether it's helping a promoter um, rewrite a you know press release or a proposal for a brand manager or working at an event gate or finding people to work at the events or you know just just a bag of things. I've always been. Um, 
um, involving things like that. And right, more right. recently, you know, a bar and lounge type of endeavor. So I've always, always had some type of thing going on in terms of business. Um, but this um, was a more serious entrepreneurial endeavor in terms of really trying to solve a problem um, in society. Okay. Okay, great. Um, so when you were going to start, you know, even though this is something that you were pretty much always doing, how were you feeling? Like, were you scared? Were you seeing like, oh my God, can I do this? Um, because for me, when I was starting this podcast, it's something that I, you know, I never did before. I had no clue, you know, what to do. I thought it was that easy. Oh, one, two, you know, we go live. But there was so many things that I didn't know. So, like, how were you feeling when you decided, okay, I'm going to do this? Yeah, I totally get that because, all right, so my thing has always been, you know, if I don't know, I'll try and find out. So, you know, I will do Google searches. I'll ask people um, in terms of entrepreneurship, networking and going to other entrepreneurship events and talking to people that helped Google has a lot of information, even about here in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll find, um, you know, threads where people talk about or list what you need to do. Um, you know, so the information itself sometimes is out there. But definitely, even with that, there's sometimes... Um, information overload and paralysis right you know, sometimes there's just so much information out there so many people have either negative things to say about the process you know i always hear oh my god company's office is terrible you're gonna waste days there you know just trying to get a little thing done and the whole thing is so expensive and mm -hmm. but at some point in time you just have to go out there and try it and take a risk if it's important enough for you um, thankfully they have gotten, um, a lot better in terms of the process. I hear recently with company's office, they have now put, um, business registration online. Okay. So you can actually do it online now. Um, but essentially the process is in terms of starting the business. Um, you know, there, they have a super form that you can use. I would recommend if this is a brand new idea that you, you just want to, you know, start testing out. Maybe just register as a sole trader business name to mm -hmm. begin with instead mm -hmm. of doing a company registration. Um, there are a number of advantages to that. It's a simple super form. Um, the fee is about 2005 if I remember correctly. Um, the, the most difficult part of the process probably is to sit down and wait at company's office to get the number your number called for somebody to go through the application with you, ensure you filled it out correctly, process your payment, you get your receipt, you go in a few days, your registration is ready for collection. So it's a fairly simple process, but it can be time consuming. I haven't tried the online option that they've recently I think it was probably just a month ago that they recently announced on their social media. But um, hopefully that lessens the time. But um, that's pretty much how you go about ensuring that you're legal. If you've been doing this for a while, uh, maybe you have a partner and you want to ensure that this is a registered company. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's a, it's a similar uh, process in terms of the forms. You have a little bit more in t you know to complete in terms of the articles of incorporation and all that but they are super helpful okay at companies obviously they literally will walk through each section with you to ensure that you fill it out correctly mm -hmm. the fee i believe for a company if i remember correctly is about twenty four thousand dollars 
And again, quick turnaround time in terms of getting your registration. So that is, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But again, the, the biggest thing with this is you have to have some patience. <laughs> Right. And sometimes, you know, we don't have patience. <laughs> sometimes you kind of just want to go and get it done now. But yeah. that's really good to hear that they have um, an online system. And I will, you know, definitely check that out and share the links along with this podcast so um, persons can um, go straight to that. Um, how did you come up with the name for your business? So... Um... <laughs> Essentially, I've been doing this unofficially, at least in the testing phase, for a number of years. And I didn't really have a name. I didn't call it anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I was helping match people. I was helping, you know. I, in fact, a lot of times I didn't charge. You know, I was doing it for free, just kind of seeing how the process went, how successful I was. And then just kind of using that information to iterate. And I didn't have a name at all. Right. You know, people just knew they called Daniel Tate. <laughs> Um, and, but, but then of course, when I decided that I wanted to formalize everything, um, I, I, di- I, again, Google searched how to come up with a good name. <laughs> and one of the, such literally, one of the suggestions was to think about some of the adjectives and words that are in the industry, because you want your name, um, to be something that somebody could hear it and have an understanding of what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, you also want it to be simple enough to be memorable. There's nothing wrong with creating a word, you know, like Google, but we have to be careful as well that we don't, um, you know, it works for some and it doesn't work for others. You know, sometimes it, it's just awkward and people don't get it. Whereas other times you could look out and it becomes a really strong and memorable um, name. Mm-hmm. So the rule of thumb, if you're going to be simple about it, is use something that's recognizable. So a a word or a combination of words that people would already recognize and know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And some will recommend that maybe you look in the dictionary for synonyms of of words that are already in use. Or um, just, you know, think of, again, the words that are related to your industry. So um, a friend of a, a friend and I actually one evening just started brainstorming and calling out words and seeing how they sounded. <laughs> um, and eventually, I think it was him. I don't even think it was me. I think he was the one who said the interview. Right. And at first I was just like, hmm, does that really make sense? And then it caught on. And the JM came because I've always wanted my brand to have a strong association with Jamaica. Um, because it's a tech company, I want us to probably say, you know, that we're coming out of Jamaica. And right. so a superscript JM was added. Um, but yeah, it was pretty much just a brainstorming session that we did, you know, calling out names, hearing how it sounded. Once we had settled on that, we sent it out to a bunch of people. Um, And I got feedback from others as to whether they thought the name was catchy, how it sounded, if they understood the type of industry that I was in based on the name. And I got pretty good feedback. So we stuck with it. Okay. Yeah. um, You know, from I saw the name, I pretty much said, okay, I I think I I think I understand what this is. And then when I went on the (laughs) website, you know, it confirmed it. But can you tell us a little bit? about the business um i know 
don't if if I don't get this wrong, I know persons can <laughs> come to you. You know, as you've been saying, you know, if they're trying to find a job and you help them with those skills, but can persons come through you as well if they're looking for persons for a particular job? Kind of just tell us, you know, about the business. Yeah, so that's definitely been one of the changes or the iterations. Initially, we started off focused on job seekers, trying to help place them in jobs. But um, it's it really makes a lot more sense for us to focus on the businesses because they're the ones that have the immediate need. Um, however, if you're a job seeker, that's your you know we have your resume, you're within our talent pool. Then obviously, once a company you know starts to advertise a job opening with us, mm-hmm. we will then be able to you know match you if you are um, if you meet the requirements, if you're eligible for the position. Um, then essentially, you will be automatically matched that job, and so that uh, that company will be able to see your profile and determine if um, you know they want to hire you. But essentially, what we do is we match the right people with the right jobs at the right companies. And we're in the process of building out um, a technology-based platform to automate a lot of this. So right now, uh, most companies use a very manual process. I mean, it takes a long time. Um, They have to look at 80 to 100 resumes. Sometimes you miss really great people. Yeah. Um, And another thing is that the current process, you aren't able to evaluate soft skills. So you can't look at someone's resume and really know how great they are at teamwork or communication or active listening or anything else. And so and some of those things might actually be more important for a particular role, especially if it's entry level mm-hmm. over, you know, years experience, for example. Or if they don't have the experience like a university graduate. Um, then those things are important. But the current recruitment process doesn't really account for that. So our software is is actually going to be assessing candidates based on soft skills and leveraging that along with other information to provide the top matches to a company for a particular job. Okay, okay, that sounds awesome. Um, Another question I had for you, um, which I wanted to know, is what is a day in the life of, you know, Daniel? Like, what time do you wake up? Because, like, a lot of articles I read, you know, entrepreneurs get up from, like, 4 o'clock. I'm not a 4 o'clock person, though. (laughs) So, give me, like, a typical day in the life of Daniel. So... Um, I don't really have a set time in terms of when my day gets started. And that's probably because I don't have a set time when my day ends. Mm -hmm. I have to be up at least by seven because I have to be out. I actually do have a nine to five. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a sales job, which does offer some flexibility. But it's 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 not a nine to five in, in the literal sense. Because I don't always start then and end then. I'm really beholden to my clients. Uh Um, And so sometimes I have late evenings. Sometimes I have early mornings. Um, But it does allow me to kind of fit in other things that I would want to do for my business in and around that as well. So in the mornings, what I do um, is I generally try to ensure that I know exactly what I want to accomplish for the day. I kind of set my priority list and rank it in terms of what 
super, super important, like what has to get done. Uh-huh. Um, and because I'm a sales rep, sometimes I have long waits at my clients. And so anything I can do on the phone um, or via a mobile device while I'm waiting, for example, in a waiting room, uh-huh. then I use that time to get it done. Any calls that I can make, anything that I can do while I'm on the go. My evenings are pretty much <laughs> dedicated otherwise um, to the business. Um, in fact, um, a lot of times, I mean, the, the friends that I hang out with for the most part um, or that I actually see during the week or even sometimes on the weekends, um, it, they're generally entrepreneurs. And so sometimes we're in the same room and we're both working. We're both just at different desks or both are on our computers and we're working. And that's we're literally like us chilling together time. But mm-hmm. we're both still kind of working and, and doing things. Or afterwards, we might have some downtime. But a lot of the time is spent kind of working. And you just know that that's the type of situation when you have both a job and a business. Right. Uh, a lot of the downtime that you would have otherwise had or a lot of the things that you would have spent your evenings doing you can't anymore um and that's it for me because i tend to i instead of me i mean some persons might be able to get up at four o'clock i know actually somebody who said she gets up at three o'clock in the morning wow and she gets up at three o'clock and she exercises so she i think she like walks or runs in the neighborhood to start her day and then she does a bunch of other stuff i can't do that (laughs) (laughs) and that's okay <laughs> but I will work. I can actually work probably up until one o'clock in the morning. Um, I'll work through the evening and work till late. I generally go to bed sometime between eleven thirty and twelve thirty. That's my usual, and then I get up as I told you before. So that's how I do it. I work late, um, but at the end of the day, I have to have a to do list. Otherwise, things won't get done. Uh-huh. Um, things will get put off. I have to work off a strict to-do list. Um, and yeah, so that's how I, that's how I kind of organize my day, um, to ensure that things get done. So how do you, um, I know you, you said a while ago, um, you know, the going out and maybe other things that you would have done before you, you don't do much of, but, how do you balance that though i mean at some point you might you don't ever feel like yo i i, I just want go <laughs> i just want go out you know how do you balance that and then how do you balance your you know your nine to five your own business and then your personal life how does how do you not go crazy <laughs> boy in a mill all right so like back in 2010 because I was I was overseas for a while and I came back to Jamaica in 2010 and like that first year I really did enjoy going out and you know that sort of thing but then nowadays I realize it's just not my thing like yeah I am driven by what I do like literally nerd mode really enjoy what I'm doing so it doesn't really feel like work okay you know, and having these conversations where we're talking, like, you know, with my friend, we're talking about business or something like that. It's it's really exciting. Like, we, you know, either of us will get passionate about it and it's really exciting and interesting. No, I do have a significant other and we will sometimes like maybe watch a movie or something like that. And it's scheduled in. But then there are times when he based on his business, you know, he has to spend a lot of um, weekends and evenings working. Um, 
And I guess that would have normally been the time that we would have been together. And I find that that's okay. You know, so it, it's, I guess everyone is a little different. If you need to schedule time to do something that you find fun or enjoyable, then do it. I'm not saying don't do it. Definitely balance. Ensure you get your rest. Like I said, I, I don't go overboard. I, I wake up at seven. Yeah. There's some people who, who will wake up earlier. So you do what you need to do. Um, but I, I, I don't find my life boring. Like I find, I find that it's good. And I, there are other things as well that I do that I take enjoyment in. So for example, there's an, there's a particular artist who sometimes I work with, um, big up Dutta Copper and another one, um, big up Massey, the creator, like anything that I do for them, I don't consider it work. Like I, it's literally like a break from my business and I act, I'm actually interested in it. It's actually fun for me. Um, and uh, I will do like audible books when I'm in the car. And I find that really like it really stimulates my mind when I'm listening to audible books during the day. Sometimes I do that instead of listening to the radio. And those things for me are really stimulating. I'm just a nerd. So maybe I'm not the right. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I totally agree with you because when I go to work, I'm listening to podcasts. That's that's why this whole thing, you know, how this whole thing started for me because um, as we are getting older now, some of those things that we were interested in, the going out, the, you know, staying up late and all those things, not working on businesses or new ventures, those were things of the past, you know, <laughs> we're now grown. So, I mean, I agree with you. There are certain things that, you know, we do know as adults. Um, yes. So <laughs> well, guess what? If, if people still enjoy that, that's okay. Yes. It's. You know what I mean? Like I, I for one will never, I can't, I'll never see myself again spending a certain amount of money to fix up, to dress up, to go to some party. Because as far as I'm concerned, it's the same music I'm hearing from radio. <laughs> and the same people that I'm every single week. And it's just not worth it. Yes, but yes. there are some people who really need that break. And they really get that enjoyment. And it's worth it to them. And mm-hmm. I'm not knocking them at yeah, all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's okay. It's okay. You know, you work hard, you party hard on and and that's and that's okay for some people. Okay. It's okay. Um you mentioned earlier that you used as I like to call it Google University. <laughs> but um were there any other resources that you would have used um any other you know persons that you'd have spoken to that maybe somebody who is looking into starting their own business could use as well so podcasts are really good um in addition to obviously this one that's not going to become a staple for everybody right (laughs) yes um (laughs) i listened to a podcast called the transformation blueprint by paul stennett he features um a lot of mainly caribbean entrepreneurs and you kind of get to hear their stories and i learn a lot from them um, so that's one. Um, Henika Watkins Porter, she also has one called the Entrepreneurial You. And again, she features business persons from all over the world, including some um, everyone may know, like Seth Godin, for example, and others. So um, she's another one that I listen to. Outside of that, um, let's say, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of have to be a jack of all trades. 
You have to do the finance. You have to do the marketing. You have to do the operations. You have everything. The legal, you have to consider. So um, especially if you're a single founder of a business. And so I find that Coursera Mm -hmm. and other websites where you can audit courses and and sort of deep dive into some of the topics really helps mm-hmm. um you know for when you need to 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 get a little additional inf- more than just the surface information on a particular topic those things really help udemy coursera there are there are a ton of 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 those types of um um linda for example all of those there are a ton of those course based um websites that you can use some of which you can audit the courses for absolutely free um, so, so that's one. Um, aside from that, though, um, just so there are specific websites for specific things. So I, for example, I'm in the HR space. And so I have had to subscribe to a whole bunch of newsletters and websites that are the authorities on recruitment and HR in order to really ensure that I am staying up with the, you know, the, 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 all the new things in, in my industry. Right. Um, so I do that. Also, another thing that's helpful is I set Google alerts for certain keywords. Mm-hmm. So HR technology, for example, is one for me. Emotional intelligence, those things. I need to know when a news item comes out or maybe a new article that somebody has posted on Medium, for example, that's doing very well relating to my topic. So when I set these Google alerts, um, I get a, a summary feed of um, some of the content that has been posted with those tags or keywords, and that also helps to keep me up to date. Um, in terms of general information um, about entrepreneurship, um, there are a lot of, so you, once you start to search entrepreneurship, you'll come across a couple of um you know, some of the same names, like, for example, Neil Patel is somebody whose name you'll come across if you are researching anything relating to social media and you're trying to understand, okay, how do I improve my social media presence for my business or something? So you kind of come across these influencers in different areas and then you can follow them and see some of the tips and the free information that they share. Um, But a lot of, I, I try and find a lot of infographics, a lot of short, um, you know, booklets, ebooks, free stuff um, that kind of helps me to to learn things in bits and pieces because otherwise it can be overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of information out there, but um, definitely those are some of the, the sources that I use. Okay, great. And um, what advice, you know, would you give to somebody who, you know, is looking to start? you know their own business but you know as you said because there's just so much information out there they might not know where to start they might be like oh my god this is just this is just too much (laughs) what you know advice would you give having gone through this process I mean you're still learning I mean you know there are always (laughs) new things out there but what um like give me three major keys as dj khaled would say (laughs) that you would give to somebody you know who is thinking about starting their journey on in entrepreneurship all right so first and foremost i would say um be open to failure and just understand that this is a learning process you're going to make mistakes you're going to look back with the knowledge that you have now to a year ago and say, oh, my gosh, if I knew that, 
I would have done things differently. You have to get over that and just understand that it's part of the process. Entrepreneurship equals learning and equals mistakes and equals failure. When I had to close um, the Baron Lounge that I had briefly mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. I mean, I had lost money. <laughs> right. And I had spoken to, at the time, he was a former um, CEO of a, of a major um, car distributor here, ATL. And he said to me, well, guess what? The good thing is all you lost was money. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> to me, it was a lot of money. And, you know, it was hard to put that in perspective at the time and be like, okay, well, it could have been worse and it could have been my reputation and it could have been all of these things I have. And, you know, what I have to be thankful for and to learn from and to move forward, that was difficult. But at the end of the day, now I understand a bit more what he's saying. So failure is just a part of it. Um, it will get better and you just have to try and learn as you go. So that's the first thing. The second thing I would say to entrepreneurs is try and find product market fit. A lot of times we think we have a great idea and we just want to move forward and sell it and we go with our blinders on and we don't actually talk to enough customers. We don't get enough feedback we hold it to our chest till we've spent all our money and time building it out. And then when we have what we think is a perfect product, it doesn't sell or we don't, the business fails. And that's because we didn't expose it enough to the customers that we were targeting to get feedback to then change and iterate based on what they think and what they believe. Because at the end of the day, we're not building out an idea to please ourselves. Mm-hmm. There has to be a market that we're trying to to fulfill. There has to be a problem we're trying to solve. So don't hold your ideas to your chest. Expose it to your customers. Expose it to people. Get feedback. Be willing to adjust based on that feedback so that you can actually build something that will, you know, actually be successful. So that's the second thing. And lastly, I would say mentorship is, is important. So if you can find someone that you respect reach out to them, um, see if they're willing to power with you, chat with you maybe once a month, once a quarter. Um, Their insights will be invaluable, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't be afraid to ask. If they say no, then, you know, that's it, move on Um, or even try again. But mentorship is important in entrepreneurship. Um, and if you cannot find a mentor, maybe you can join an incubator or some organization that can give you guidance. Um, most recently, I've gone through the Founder Institute program, mm-hmm. which helped me cover a lot of the bases that I had not covered before. Um, and even in that program where we went through all the bases for entrepreneurship, one of the most important things at the end was us getting advisors for the business. And so I encourage everyone, um, don't think you can go it alone. Um, even if you don't want to have a co-founder, you don't have a co-founder, at least get persons who can give you a wider perspective on what you're doing. Ask somebody to be your mentor. Ask somebody to be an advisor to the business. Um, compensate them if you can or if needed. But always, you know, seek to get that feedback. Okay, that those are three great tips. Um, the last one you spoke about was that um, is that a local program or was that something that you found online? So, Founder Institute is actually a Silicon Valley based um, 
entrepreneurship development program. They recently launched in Jamaica and the first cohort I was a part of graduated a few months ago. They actually have intake for a new cohort now. Mm -hmm. So they're accepting applications now for the new cohort to start in September, I believe. Okay. Um, it's an intense program, but I believe it's worth it. It's it's not a free program. You do have to invest um, a little bit of money um, in it. So persons, I think, can go to fi.co for more information if they're interested. Okay, awesome. Wow, this has been like so great. Um, I know that persons will get some really good gems from this conversation. I mean, I feel like I want to go there and start a business. <laughs> but um, tell us where we can find you, um, your website, your um, social media, um, where can persons, you know, get in contact with you? All right. So my website is www.theinterviewjm.com. However, um, the easiest way to find me, perhaps, is to just look for me on LinkedIn, if you are on LinkedIn. Daniel Tate, connect with me. I'd love to chat and connect with persons on LinkedIn. Um, that way, you know, we can see how we can benefit each other or help each other, um, you know, when I see what your background is. Um, that's what networking is really about for mm -hmm, me, so, mm -hmm. you know, helping to provide value to somebody else and hopefully in the future they can provide value for me. So connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, otherwise the interview JM at, in, you know, on Instagram, Facebook, um, and of course the dot com. Okay. Awesome. I will link all of this, um, to the show notes. So, you know, when persons are listening, they can kind of just click, click on it, right? They don't have to like go searching. <laughs> um, but thank you so, so much, Daniel. This was an awesome interview and, um, maybe we can chat again sometime in the future i can hear you know all the additions that you've made to the business and you know <laughs> how it's going so once again thank you so so much awesome thanks melissa that was my interview with daniel tate founder of the interview jm i will be linking all of the resources she spoke about in the show notes so you can click um right there so you don't have to go searching for or trying to remember everything that she said if you are listening to this in the apple podcast app please hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss any of the episodes when they are released and if you enjoy the podcast please rate and review it helps others to find the podcast easier and they can also benefit from the info as well talk soon